1: In a world where Carolina
2: Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast.
3: Yo, what's good, Panther fam? It's your boy, Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest. Panthers News and Opinions, I'm here tonight with my homeboy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my man?
4: Tony Dunn, I've seen a game of Panthers football, so I'm infinitely better than I was when you saw me last Tuesday. Listen, man, I'm ecstatic. There's so much to talk about. The chat room is already lit. Tommy, Doc, Martin, John, Kidco Barrera, Josh from Mass, Adam Sanders. We got a lit chat room with the best Panther fans. Tony Dunn. And nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
3: Tonight's show is Carolina burns Chicago and practices table slamming Buffalo. We're going to be looking at Carolina opening up joint pra- practices with their northern, I guess you would say, twin brother, maybe or a little yeah. brother. There are little brothers, right? <laughs> they take every, they take all our hand me downs, all our all, all our hand me down clothes, second use yeah. stuff. All our old toys, but no, the Panthers pick uh, backs <laughs> Yep, um, <laughs> our old defensive tackles, all types of things. So look, we're going to talk about the joint practices today, um, from the defense looking tremendous uh, talent-wise to Burns tweaking an ankle. We're also going to look back at the Panthers' preseason game, and we'll be getting to your cat calls the numbers 252-228-5898. We want to hear what you think about this team after seeing the first little sneak peek at this defense in that preseason game. Uh, Some of the questions maybe when it comes to running back, are you confident that the Panthers uh, are, can move on from a Cameron artist pain and go with a younger, younger player? Were there any concerns that stuck out to you all that tonight? So, Let's, I mean, hey, the chat room is killing it, Cody. You were right. So you know what? I know they already have done this. They've already smashed the thumbs up button. They've subscribed. They hit that little notification bell. They make sure they're always part of the longest running Panthers podcast on the internet. And Cody, tonight we are going to slay it.
4: Yes, we are, man. We're going to slay it just like that defense did. Uh just like uh Cam Newton has been doing it in practice, dropping dimes down the field on Curtis Samuel. Man, we got a lot to talk about. Um, I-, I think there was a lot to like in that preseason football game. Um I, I liked our young guys. I-, I mean listen, I think we gotta shout out Marquise Haynes uh as as someone who looks to be uh, uh, a much better suited player for this new type of defense that were running. I mean, I think he showed a lot of speed. Uh, I mean, as soon as the game started, he's, I mean, on on the football. He has a real knack for playing de- uh, defensive line. I- I'm excited. I think this defense has a lot to like about it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to have so many young, dynamic players on our defense. I have not felt this way about our defense in a very long time, Tony.
3: Bill Daughter Eve in the chat room with a, um, hold on, Super Troopers reference there. I can't subscribe anymore. I'm already subscribed. I can't pull over. <laughs> we already pulled over. Snozzberries taste like berries on the C3 Panthers podcast. Thanks for joining us. Remember, the cat calls line 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and start out with joint practices today. Going against Buffalo, there's a familiarity there um, with our former defensive coordinator going to his third season. Sean McDermott, now their general manager was a former assistant GM under us. And why is his name? Billy Bean? Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean, thank you. Billy Bean is the...
4: From Moneyball.
3: Moneyball, exactly. Yeah,
4: the Oakland.
3: So, you know, there's some familiarity with this team. It's an AFC team. You've heard that they have been trying to stack some studs on their defensive line. You've heard... Buffalo has made uh, some distinct efforts to improve their offensive line. It doesn't really look like it's working that quickly just yet for them. But they're putting the horses in the stable there. So we thought, you know, this kind of seems like a cool, uh, friendly contest. And then all of a sudden, some strange reason, Ron Rivera – and then make a giant ordeal about not fighting in practice. I was a little surprised that he felt this so necessary to be an uh, old dad over here telling uh, telling the boys to calm down before they even got started.
4: Well, you know, you're so you're in the hot South Carolina sun. Uh, you're playing football, blood boils. Uh, I think that it's incumbent upon the coach to make sure that everybody keeps a cool level head. Um, So, I mean, I think he's doing his job. That's what the coach is supposed to do. Um, But I'm excited. I personally love that the NFL does this, that they'll let you train with other teams and you get to go up and let out some aggression and frustration against guys that aren't on your team. Um, I think you
3: can go harder too without fear of like, you know, is that you don't want to hurt your own player. Not that you want to hurt somebody else, but
4: And, you, know, you know, I feel like you're almost
3: different. like, oh, step you step on their toe too much. You're like, sorry, dude, yeah. sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah, you want to let out some of your aggression, some of your alpha dog. I mean, you're playing football, and you get to go up against different schemes and see what their offenses is capable of doing. Um, and you kind of get to pick the brains of uh, other players. And uh, that's something Josh Allen just did. I have a clip that we can play of Josh Allen talking to Luke Kickley and trying to pick his brain. And since we don't play them during the season, I mean, it's good to test your mettle against other proven players. Now, the Bills are not the most proven team in the world, but they have some talent and their offense can be a good offense this year with Josh Allen.
3: Let's go here. Let's go ahead and play a cue that clip up, Cody. Josh Allen, some people said to him that there's comparisons between his game and Cam's. I think that's a little overly friendly to him, but he's got a big, hell of a big arm. Cannon he's mobile. He's mobile. If you can get, I think he could be slightly a sleeper fantasy pick this year.
4: I do too. I do too. And I think Cam Newton... Dave
3: Jones uh, looks pretty good.
4: He does. And I think the comparison's kind of half hearted depending on who's making it but they're both big guys with cannons for an arm and they can take off and run i mean he was hurdling vikings players last year so i uh, i do think that he's definitely got some potential but shout out to him he knew that he was going up against one of the best defenders in the nfl in number 59 Luke Kuechly, and he decided to pick his brain song.
3: obviously people fear him as one of the smartest guys they've been around football wise and i can attest to that you know i spent some time with luke before in the past um just being able to hear him talk about football i got the chance to talk to him about a certain play after after practice here and just the insight that he has and all that he has is pretty awesome and, um you know at the end of the day we don't really have each other on our schedule so we're trying to make each other better at the same time i just kind of went up to yeah, him and yeah. just he said that's a good concept and we just kind of talked about the you know the hardships for a defense on the certain play and what um you know what can make that play not so great. So. so it was
5: what you were doing, not what what they showed on that on defense. You were trying to get his opinion on what you guys were showing.
3: Yeah, just just why he did what he did in the certain concept that we ran. Um, he's obviously asking what our what we're looking at, what our read is. So uh, just a couple couple words here and there, and um, like I said, we're trying to make each other better right now.
4: Yeah, and if you're in this position, man, uh, listen. I think that kind of underscores something that. Um, that we really kind of lose sight of. We have the best linebacker in football on our football team. And when you have a player like that, man, Luke Kikri is such an asset to our defense. I kind of think that one of the things that doesn't get said enough is that part of the reason why we're able to move to a 3-4 a or doing more of that in the first place is because we have a linebacker that is so talented in Luke Kikri that not only can he adjust, but you, he can be in a position that can handle only one other linebacker next to him. So having that kind of player opens up so much to us.
3: You're going to hear from Gerald McCoy later, praising Luke Keekley as the best in the game. So it's always good to have Luke Keekley there, but you know it's uh, pretty good having Cam Newton on the other side. Cody, Cam Newton seems to be lighting it up. Him and Curtis Samuel continue to be toast of the town there. I mean, Cam, you said we saw, we talked about this extensively over the last couple of weeks that how nice it is to see just Cam connect on the deep ball. But right now it seems like he can't miss on the deep ball. This is the type of stuff we want to see. Go ahead and cue that video up while we talk hey, about everybody,
6: it. And welcome to the-
3: so, you know, you're going to see some of these highlights of what Cam is doing. Well, I think the one k- pass to, to Curtis Samuel was from Cam. I'm not sure the man hurts catch. Yeah, was. man.
4: And look, look at this, though, oh. man. I mean, I, and it was it was a good play by by the the linebacker yeah. and, and coverage on Christian. But man, Cam the... Cam Newton is throwing tight spirals. Oh, this is what I, look. He goes to do the jump and just homeboy. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I
3: want to celebrate with the quarterback
4: And yeah, Dante Jackson, who will show you some more plays. Though here, man, James Bradbury have been out there making some plays. Yeah, I mean, we're, our defensive backfield looks much improved. And
3: this ball is. Right is Oh, my Cam gosh.
4: Cam Newton just drop and Cam down
3: Newton can me. do everything.
4: Cam Newton is – I mean, listen, man. Uh, but a few other people were saying that maybe Cam Newton wasn't healthy or there were reports. I think it was kind of overblown that Cam Newton – Missed the first preseason game. A lot of teams didn't play their starters. Uh, listen, man, a- after you see Cam Newton throwing a pass like that down the field, I mean, I don't know what's left to wonder about. That's the exact kind of plays that we weren't able to put on the field last season. And you see him just dropping these dimes, man. The tightest spirals. There's no wobble to the football. I mean, come on. That's vintage Cameron
3: Newton. yeah. yeah. Mad thanks to Renard Hussey, giving donation yes, to the podcast, supporting independent uh, creators. We love that. Thank you for your support, keep pounding. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. Remember, the cat calls line is 252-228-5098. We want to hear what stood out to you from this preseason game, what's exciting to you about this camp. And, and Cody, I tell you this is – I think – and I'm trying to remember your exact words – is what more can you ask for or or, or – uh, What more can you want to see? And I think what we're really seeing too is important is just not only cam throwing the ball, but someone on the other side catching the damn ball Curtis. and Curtis Samuel has caught everything in his area code and his area code is broad. He covers his zip code is big brother. It covers a whole field in like four seconds Curtis Samuel, I drafted him high in fantasy in a keeper league. I picked him, I think, in the fourth round, beginning of the fourth round, which is uh, important to me. I think I may have gotten a number one wide receiver in the, first, in the fourth round. Curtis Samuel, dude, so fast, so amazing. If he can be the guy that you have been saying he is, Cody, boy, it could be electric him and McCaffrey on that field with Cam Newton.
4: This is dynamic, man. I'm a firm believer. I, I believe that. Uh, I'll say it again. I think Curtis Samuel is going to be our number one wide receiver. I believe he is. You're talking about a guy that ran a four-three-one at the combine, uh, runs incredible routes, gets great separation from the defenders. He knows what he's doing. And now him and Cam Newton are building that connection. They, they're on the same page with one another. I'm telling you, man, we have not had that type of player since Ted Ginn Jr. and Curtis Samuel has all the makings to be every kind of receiver that Ted Ginn could never be. I mean, he's dynamic, fast, powerful. It almost makes me nervous how much potential and and excitement I see coming from him this training camp. I'm like, is there any way possible it can live up to the amount of hype that we're feeling right now? And I certainly hope so, man. I mean, how could you not love what you're seeing from this young player? I, I love it. This
3: is good news, people. Good news. Good news, people. Thank you, President Obama. I think it is good news, and it's a good problem to have, Cody, but I do understand what you're talking about, the fear of these building expectations. You know what I'm saying? Because right. we, we do want to manage our expectations in some way, but we don't want to manage our excitement. That's how we're going to phrase it on this podcast. We're not managing our excitement because we are exuberant with our excitement of what Curtis Samuel could be. We do have to be cautious. You know, we have to see him be endure an entire season. But, you know, he said that this is part of his cycle, it seemed like, in his life, and that is that he uh, gets hurt his second year and his third year he said this happened to him in high school football college and in the pros but i think it's the confidence that we're seeing the sureness we're seeing i think now you finally can understand cody when coaches talk about the game slowing down for players the guys that have that ex- that that speed that he has the lightning yeah. speed the burst they have their mind has to be as fast as their feet. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's a little difficult in the early stages of their career. But I think now Curtis Samuel's mind or his awareness of the game, his feel, his confidence or however you want to phrase it, has caught up with those quick feet. And boy, he could be fast out the gate
4: so fast. Uh, I mean, and listen, the, the route running is is the most important thing. And people have kind of, you know, noticed as I've gotten on to DJ Moore a little bit. And again, this is not Curtis Samuel versus DJ Moore. Praising one one is not shitting on the other
3: one. Exactly. DJ
4: Moore is going to be fantastic. But Curtis Samuel understands some of the the nuances of the route running and the techniques in ways that DJ just doesn't yet. I mean, DJ is fast down the field also. And I'm hoping that we use him in those kind of scenarios as well. But um, on comeback routes and curls and in cuts, Curtis Samuel has that ability to stop on a dime and cut and and turn the other direction. And that's something that uh, DJ just hasn't displayed yet. It doesn't mean that you can't get that later on or that we can't utilize him in other ways. But you have to have this kind of receiver on the football team. Curtis Samuel right now represents everything that Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches never were for us. Never well,
3: was. well, of course, he yeah, never could be, round. never okay. thought they could be. Curtis Samuel to me, what I like about Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, I think we could like it could be the next evolution of the game, yeah, at the, you know, and at, or maybe not evolution of the game, but trend in personnel decisions and yeah. different things of how the game's played. Look, it just turns out that Kevin Benjamin Benjamin and Devin Funches or bus Curtis Samuel is doesn't look like he is. And if you can, like you said, it's not a comparison between Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. instead. What would be awesome is what if those dudes both developed like sick games right beside us, right beside each other. And then within like, I mean, you could, I think we're talking later on is which one do you got to keep? And that's the conversation we want to be having.
4: Yeah, and what, they're, they're a year apart from one another too, so uh, you are going to have to pay one. And then Curtis doesn't have a uh, a fifth year contract because he's a second right. off So yeah, we're going to. And, and this is his third year, so technically Curtis has only to one more. year. Yeah, only only one more after this one. Uh, he had an injury played the first season, and then last year he was good, but Cam was hurt. Well, I had the he heart, had, and he, yeah, had the heart. he had the heart, the I heart mean, condition. Yeah, it was a big deal. So, I mean, not not only are you talking about a player that shows a ton of potential, but you're talking about a player that knows that now he has a relatively short window to prove that he's going to be worth the amount of money that uh, he's going to be up for in two years. So that's even added motivation for him and Cam Newton, which, by the way, Cam Newton was trying to get Kelvin Benjamin paid. So, listen, Cam's your best friend. Cam knows that if you're trying to get paid – He's gonna put the ball in your direction, and well, so- I
3: tell you what, as Lee Trotter said it this, he said like Olson said, an all or nothing. Just put the, he- the ball in a Curtis Samuel's hands; he's gonna score every time. And the reason I bring yeah. that comment up is too because he got Olson paid twice.
4: Yeah, a hundred percent.
3: Right? I mean, maybe- not that he had, like Olson didn't deserve any of it; he earned every bit of it. But look, you never hear Olson bad mouthing Cam. He knows where his bread's buttered. Right. Thanks, William Robertson, for your support of the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button to the rest of you listening. Hit the subscribe. I know I'm just preaching to the choir. I'm really preaching to people that are going to watch this video later on or begging them. Right. Celebrate the Panthers with us. In other news of this joint camp, Cody, is Trey Boston joins the number ones on this defense, seemingly rounding out the defensive backfield. You were talking about how they were looking better. Today he joined the number ones. And, uh, you know, but short notice coming into that preseason game, Trey Boston's still an important, if it, at the very worst, Trey Boston is a good signing by Marty Herney and continuing to try to address a weakness on the team um, going into this. That's news out of this, as well as Burns tweaks uh, his ankle a little bit. We don't, nobody thinks it's anything serious necessarily. I haven't heard any reports but that, but uh, ice injury tent you know, uh, take a break fast, man.
4: Yeah, and then uh, last week he got hurt on some play too and then kind of went off the sideline and then came back. Um, I don't know. We don't have any news on it right now. Uh, the only thing, listen, you have to pray it's not a a high ankle injury. Um, those are the worst ones. Those are the ones that you fear. Those are the ones that take a long time for defensive linemen to kind of heal from and, and come back from. Uh, but there's no indication right now what kind of injury um, it was for Brian Burns. I remember for, uh yeah, for Brian Burns. So uh we don't know, we're just gonna have to wait to hear some more. Um and what was the first part of your question?
3: Uh the the other was uh Trey Boston starting.
4: Yeah, Trey Boston. And and listen, I, I think I said this uh l- uh last time we did this, that Trey Boston, you know, uh when he was with Kurt Coleman, we were playing Kurt Coleman at free safety and Trey Boston in the box. And I think whenever we were talking about Trey Boston not being a surefire tackler, I just don't think that he's uh, a box safety in his nature. He's a free safety. And now that we have Eric Reed on the team, uh, Trey Boston gets to play a much more natural position for him. So this is perfect. I mean, I mean, you look at uh, James Bradbury, Dante Jackson, Eric Reed. Now Trey Boston is safety. I'm gonna call my shot and said JV and Elliott wins the nickel corner position. And, damn, all of a sudden, we have a defensive backfield of Tony Dunn.
3: Talk about this defense. Um, I, I want you guys to hear. Gerald uh, McCoy, uh, I think it was um, – gosh, hold on. Well, uh, MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, Tiffany Blackman showed up at practice today. They caught up with um, – gerald mccoy and we're asking him some questions i think it can provide some insight into what we're just working with on this defense
7: okay guys there's nova black that, again. that's I'm nova to black through the rest of my-
2: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> talking about running multiple fronts absolutely how, how does that how's that going to help you and your abilities to get to the quarterback oh you know i, I believe if you're a football player they put you on the grass you'll make it work especially as a defensive lineman so whether you're one three five four I head up four nine technique it don't matter if you can play you can play so uh, they brought me in to help the team that's what I'm gonna do
6: something you talked about was the amount of weapons that this defense has and how in your career you know you have no problem with facing double teams because it frees things up for other guys. But now you look at this team and the Mm -hmm. talent that they have. I mean, what kind of problems are opposing offense is going to face? Well,
2: it's going to take a lot of work from us, you know, uh, working day in and day out Um, for me, especially uh, one of the big reasons I came here is to get to work against Trey Turner every day. You know, he's all pro offensive lineman and we going head to head every day. So I'm making him better. He's making me better. But to your point, I'm used to getting the double teams. Well, with this group, anybody can get double. So, I mean, it's like pick your poison. You double him, then all these guys got one-on-ones. We got six, seven guys that can all win one on one. So, I mean, we got a lot, a lot of work to put in. But when we get it rolling, it's going to be scary. Now.
3: Boy. Boy. Oh, man. oh boy.
2: Well, that's what we've
3: oh. been saying. That's what we've been saying. Not that we're breaking news here. But you are putting some – this scheme, I think, is going to really place some pressure on opposing offenses and how they're going to have to protect. And then not to forget, uh, there's some pretty good linebackers flying around behind him. But, I mean, just think about this, is that Gerald McCoy – here, and let me read you these quotes. This is from the practice today. Uh, From the uh, reported from the athletic.com. I think this is um, Joe person writing this, but it's a quote from fullback Patrick DeMarco. He says, Gerald McCoy is a monster in that three technique just causes havoc. They're going to have, they're going to be a good up front, a whole front eight. They put eight guys in the box and try to funnel in and let Luke and Shaq run around and make plays. So it's going to be a tough front. When you hear that, when you hear that, when you think of quietly how Bruce Irvin, who has just been a, 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 that's what he is, is a pass rusher. When you see the potential in Brian Burns, when you get the studs of Gerald McCoy, and then you hear Gerald McCoy say this, Cody.
2: I mean, it's like pick your poison. You double him, then all these guys got guys that can all win one-on-one. So, I mean, we got a lot, a lot of work to put in, but, When we get it rolling, it's going to be scary. It's
3: going to be scary. Now, this
2: defense, and uh, we were going over with uh, Andrew
3: Cicilliano. You guys have eight first-rounders on there. You're talking about the talent. Who's the best one?
2: Uh, I don't think we're going to go into that. Uh, (laughs) I I mean, it's a lot of talent out here. It is. On the line, linebackers, safeties, corners. Who's the best one? Luke Keekly is the best in the game at what he does, so I'm going to give it to Luke.
6: You've heard that probably before, but now being –
2: all right. I
3: got well, a message notification somewhere, but I don't see anything. You didn't try to send me nothing, did you?
4: No, I think that recorded when you um... – Oh, you're
3: right. That was
4: yeah. – <laughs> yeah. I probably messaged you right as you were recording that.
3: Yeah, okay. So, look, <laughs> eight number one picks on that team, and then Luke Keekley there, the best in the game. Gerald McCoy said – he goes on, you hear him talk about it. He says, it's one thing to see it from afar, but it is nothing less – And then he lives up to all the hype, essentially, to see it in person every day.
4: I love it, man. I love it so much. And then listen, let's Tony, let's just give the people what they want, man, because this is what they're all talking about in the chat room. Let's talk about the first round pick that really matters. That's on the tip of everyone's tongue. That's on everyone's mind. It's this man, baby. It's Brian Burns with the fantastic play in the preseason. My man had two sacks. Hit him with the Spider-Man pose at the end. And, man, it's just a thing of beauty. And earlier in the game, it hit him with a beautiful inside spin move. I'm going to try and break this down uh, as much as I can with the shindig here. But Brian Burns is able to analyze the play and see that it's a, you know, the quarterback is rolling to the right. He's able to contain. And then he's able to get by the tight end and use a swipe maneuver. He has so much speed and agility. He's able to get by him and get to the quarterback for the sack. Brian Burns is the real deal. Earlier in the night, he hit him with a big-time spin maneuver and got back to the inside and had another sack. Brian Burns is special, man. Brian Burns can be a, a truly uh, a transformative pass rusher on our defense, and everyone's excited about what he showed that he was able to do. It's everything that he did at Florida State that I, that I told you all
0: about.
3: Giant thanks to Susan Dean, regular contributor and supporter of the C3 Panthers podcast. We're here live at 9 p.m. every Tuesday night, chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions with you. You can call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252 228 5098. Cody, I mean, you're talking about um, not only from Luke Keekley to Gerald McCoy to KK. KK is a second round pick on that team, and he's just he's devastating. Eric Reed. And it was, I think, Big Daddy in the Big Daddy P in the chat room brings up a good point. We haven't seen Eric Rita's best in our defense, no. And I don't, and you know, here's the thing: is somebody said that Trey Boston was trash in the in in the chat room. And look, to be honest, I can't really fight you overly too much on that. I would rag on him pretty hard when he was here, but you know, he has had some success. I think this is that he's better than what we had before. But if you're thinking about this, is that we've heard people try to say that Reed isn't a worth the money, that uh, he can't cover as well as they say he can. And even if he isn't every like as great as we, like the greatest safety in the history of the world, like Ed Reed type stuff or something all of a sudden, he's still like a asset, a very strong asset to this team. So that's where I'm looking at here is that the weakness – now, there, there may be a weakness on the defense, and right now we don't – we have unknowns at corner, uh, at nickel corner. The question is, will will Dante Jackson continue uh, to blossom as we, we think he w- would? Will Bradbury play well? But all these guys are trending in the right direction at this point. I think the only question mark is what do we do at nickel corner and what happens if we uh, sustain any injury in the secondary or a linebacker position – Overall, this is a damn talented front in a scheme. And I was looking on re- on Reddit, Cody. They broke down. Someone t- was talking about the 3-4. Are we really a hybrid this or that? You know, the conversation we've had. We right. played a ton of nickel. A ton of nickel. That was it. We played mostly nickel. But when we weren't in nickel, we were in 3-4. I think this scheme, man, is going to generate a lot of problems. If we can stay healthy, this defense is going to be exciting.
4: I mean, I have not been this, you know, in the preseason, I have not been this excited about the Panthers' defense. And, I mean, I, I thought I was last year. And, you know, maybe it's just I missed the Panthers. I, I want some Panthers football in my life. Uh, you know, I, I want to think that it's more than that. But, man, when you look at everything that we've done and all the players that we've brought in, I mean, and, and listen, we're, we're not, we're not done. These guys – uh, they can win in multiple different ways. Uh, so look how fast Brian Burns, uh, this was today, look how fast Brian Burns is able to move. I mean, he's able to get around the the, the tackle, but just the greatest of ease, man. He's so fast, he's so agile, he's so mobile. And then you realize that we drafted another young buck.
3: Who- this is exciting right here, the, f- the ferociousness. Do you got this clip of... Christian Miller?
4: Yeah, I do. Uh, If I can find it, here we go.
3: Look at the ferociousness of this hand swipe. What ah, do you you call that move? What is that, a club? Let me see it again. A straight club, the right-handed club. Look at how ferocious. Strong, man. Yeah, his club's
4: the hand down, dips, rips, and then – He's getting after the quarterback, man. And listen, that's the kind of talent that that we saw for him at Alabama. And that's not even talking about Mario Addison. That's not even talking about Bruce Irvin. So I'm going to really pinpoint what we're talking about here. We're going to be able to take dominant pass rushers off the field and replace them with other dominant pass rushers. I mean, I know we love to shit on the guy, but – we also have Vernon Butler, who's still trying to prove that he's worthy of an NFL career. Kyle Love is still on the football team. We have rotational depth on our defensive line that like we have not had in almost such gonna, a long time.
3: It's almost going to be hard. Some tough decisions are probably going to exist on that defensive front at some point. You know, is that I, I some uh, you know how many guys can you have? This is a good problem to have. We love it. We got. What a makeover on defense so quickly! All right, Cody, let's go ahead and uh, break to the cat calls and see what you what they want to talk about, and then we'll come back. And we'll talk after the cat calls and maybe some of these topics for later in the show. Eric Reed continues to be drug tested randomly on the regular, so let's think about that random regular drug tests for PED performance. Uh, Graham Gano's leg is sore, and uh, Sly is kicking. And already creating controversy among us, Graham Gano, doubters. And then we're gonna be talking about preseason as well. But let's before that, let's get into your cat calls. C3 podcast, the number is two five two-228-5098.
0: So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, that's
3: pretty
2: sh- you shouldn't do that to
0: somebody. And how did that make you feel?
1: Uh, very uncomfortable.
2: So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It a feels two, good like
1: and a and a
2: four. And who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his
0: that kid that can use one. What's up, C3? This is Kenny out of Greensboro. Uh, I found you guys about a month ago because my job <clears throat> put me on the road a little bit more. And every time I get in my van, I check to see if there's a new C3 first before any other podcast. So Word. kudos Thank to you. you guys. Thank you. Uh, you guys are doing great. Uh, I just had a a comment and a question. Uh, My comment is, I don't know if you guys have have checked it out, uh, but I I don't know if Madden does this every year, but this year they uh, basically put the schedule in for all the teams. I didn't watch any of them but the Panthers, but they they put the schedule in and – they basically let the computer play the game. Uh I won't tell you guys the outcome, but I I would tell you to go check it out. It's pretty cool. Um Okay. You know, hopefully it's a good sign of, of things to come for this year. Um uh, the other thing, uh my question was you know, switching to this uh new defensive scheme, the the 3-4 I don't really know. I haven't really ever seen or, or heard about, you know, offenses looking at a whole lot of tape. Uh, I would assume that they do, but with us switching to this new 3-4 defense, to that, I, I would assume that that would mean that there's, there's no tape, uh, you know, for opposing offenses to, to view to kind of get a game plan together because You know, they don't know what kind of scheme that we're wanting to run. I don't know if that's a legitimate question, just something I was kind of thinking about. So if you guys could dig in that a little bit deeper and, uh, you know, kind of explore that a little bit, I'd be grateful. Looking forward to the next one, guys. Thanks.
3: Man, thank you so much for the support of the show. Tremendous question as well, Cody, and it brings up something that sometimes, you know, sometimes we're high on this and low on that, or we're just not thinking about but you do have to keep this in mind while you're talking about – we talk about how these guys study film over and over and over, right? And that, Like that's where they win the battles. So He's good. right. They don't have anything. You know, I bet you that uh, offenses are going to have to go back and look at Ron Rivera's 3-4 defense while he was in San Diego to maybe get an ad- idea of some of the things that they like to do in those sets. But I think another example of this too or something to think about, Cody, is that we are and 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 you see this more on offense than you see it on defense, but I could see the same theory applying, and that is, you don't show your cards er, too early, and you save cards. You remember North Turner saved a bunch of things for like week three and week four in that offense last year. The defense th- that is going to be advantageous. Cody, how would you, how do you prepare? I guess you maybe look at some other teams, what are similar running similar yeah. schemes, maybe some players that have similar skill sets. but I, maybe I'm right. Maybe they're going to go back to that San Diego tape and try to learn Ron Rivera.
4: So first shout out to Kenya, man. Thank you for the love. Thank you for supporting the podcast, man. We love calls like that. Uh, you know, telling us that uh, you guys like what we're doing. We love you. Shout out to the C3 fans. And uh, and yeah, listen, man, Ron Rivera isn't reinventing the wheel. So we're still, we're using a 3-4. A lot of other teams have used it. Um, there are variations and different packages, but overall, even though, uh, you know, they might have other teams on tape and what they do, you know, it, every defense is different because you have players at different positions that are stronger than on other teams. So, for example, I already mentioned Luke Kuechly earlier. We have the benefit of having a linebacker like that where, I mean, really, we're in a situation where we can put more outside linebackers as pass rushers because we have Luke in the middle. And then, you know, as Gerald McCoy said in that clip that we played, we have so many different players that are capable of winning a one-on-one matchup. So, yeah, they're not going to be able to game plan. For our defense as easily as they have done it in the past um, as film accrues on what we're doing and what we'd like to do this should change and get a little harder down the season um, specifically in fall football months around October November uh, that's when teams are really gonna kind of have a beat on what your defense does but as of right now the just the my excitement comes. From the personnel on our defense, that we have so many different players that we're able to rotate in and put in advantageous positions, put Gerald McCord, K1 short on one on one matchups, and we should have a potent pass rush.
5: So, what are your a, thoughts on Cat Call? Yeah, sure.
4: You shouldn't
2: out. do that to somebody. And how right. did that make you feel?
1: Uh, very it's uncomfortable.
4: Quite. So, how do you play? Quite- Tony totally And our defensive backfield. James Bradbury and Dante Jackson, I mean, that corner. uh, And that's another thing to mention. All the reports are saying that now that we've been playing more man coverage, that James Bradbury has excelled and looked better than he has before. So it's not so much the the 3-4 alignment that excites me about this season. It's the matchups that we're going to be able to put on the field. And I, I love it.
2: I'm I'm pumped.
3: Well, I did hear Ron Rivera speaking on the three four defense and the guys that they're getting. He just he did raise a point where uh, you know, there's just more Brian Burns yeah. these days than there are Julius Peppers. There are more Brian Burns than there are Charles Johnson's. And I mean if you think about the Farrell some of the other guys that are, there's a lot, there were several dudes just like Brian Burns, and they have been in the past. So, if those are the types of guys coming out of college, you don't want to keep passing on that talent in hopes of getting something that fits what you think is the most ideal. You want to get right. the best players on the field as early as possible. You have to I'm be able to adapt. I'm interested. Oh, so the Super Bowl this year is going to be in Miami. Okay. So, going to his first point about uh, the Madden simulations. I've seen two things. Is I saw that the Panthers go to the Super Bowl in one simulation. Spoiler alert if you're going to watch this like a television show. and It looks like they win 31-34 Panthers champions, oh, world true. champions right there over the Wait. Patriots.
4: Yeah, I can see that. I already That's- have my Super Bowl prediction by the way, but I feel like I'll save that for a a later podcast.
3: Yeah, but that's a good way. Uh, that's a way I would like for us to hoist the Lombardi. Uh, I also uh, saw another simulation where they had the Saints and the Chargers in the Super Bowl, but Cam Newton was the NFL MVP.
4: Fuck that. We've already been there and done that. Listen, yeah, if, if, if Cam Newton never wins another MVP but goes on to win us another four or five Super Bowls, Dude, fucking NFL MVP, man. Pardon my language. Uh, We're we're not in this for MVPs. I'm sure Cam Newton, despite what some of uh, his haters might think and say, is not in this for the MVP awards. He's trying to win with the Carolina Panthers and bring home championships. And I think we got the roster to do it.
3: Oh, speaking of, Susan, who is our uh, Cam Newton personal entourage reporter, Yes. Cody sent me a tweet the other day, Susan, that uh, it looks like there could be, once again, trouble in paradise between yeah. Cam Newton and Kia Proctor. Calling people clowns, crazy stuff is going down there. Cam Newton, go celibate, win the Super Bowl, and then do whatever you want. All right, you're listening to C3 Panthers Podcast. Here we go with the cat calls. Continue through.
5: Hi, hey guys. It's Tyler again. Uh, I am the caller who got ridiculed last time, but you know what? I'm calling this <laughs> time on a more positive note. There you go. Come on back,
3: uh, Tyler, for more.
5: Just want to talk about our preseason game and some positives that I took away from it. All right. Um, Brian Burns is a monster, man. Mom. Brian Burns is awesome. Yes, is. Him and, uh, Haynes. I think those are, those could be the two outside linebackers of the future right there. Um, Golden, Pete, Rashawn Golden. He He actually played all right. He had a forced fumble. He was all over the field. He looked good. And he got hurt Um, again. Also, Cameron Artis Payne is the preseason king. Cameron Artis Payne (laughs) looks like the best running back in football every preseason.
3: He's so right. I
5: really want to get your guys' take on why Cameron Artis Payne hasn't seen the field any more than what he has. Oh, That's God. what I thought. Last year, he had a monster preseason. And I thought, honestly, when we let C.J. Anderson go, that it was to free up some playing time for Cameron Artis Payne, but he really didn't see the field at all last year. Um, so I just want to hear what you guys think on that. Keep pounding.
3: Oh, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler! Great call, great call, Tyler. We didn't, we, we're not in the ridicule game. We're just in the Cam Newton worship game. Thank you for calling, Tyler. What we, and you know he's right, Brian Burns. The you're talking about go in there, play a couple of snaps, you get two sacks. We like that, Marquise. I think the telling thing about the Marquise Haynes, as well as was a linebacker, they played like the entire game.
2: Yeah, and.
3: Yeah. Rivera's like this is the opportunity, you know. What I mean, these are the type of players that the preseason's built for.
4: Uh, yeah, it it really is, man. And and listen, I think that Marcus hands really taking a step forward. How huge is that? Even you know, in spite of the fact that we've brought in and drafted all these other talented pass rushers, like we have someone that we drafted last year, so not the most recent draft, but the one before that, and. Now he looks like a monster as
3: well. How are we getting a glut? You know, where it's like a glut of uh, the wealth of riches, the spoils of riches. You're right. I was really excited, especially because we said last week, Cody, too, that Marquise Haynes was a guy that, you know, you weren't hearing about yet.
4: Right. And Ron Rivera did say that they they did have a lot of hope for him that that he can be a a contributor in this offense. And I mean, uh, people do forget that Marquise Haynes beat Greg Hardy's old Miss sack record. Uh, Marcus Haynes has the most sacks uh, out of any defensive lineman that's ever been to Ole Miss. So the dude has a ton of potential, crazy talent. Um, I, listen, we we, we have – the pantry is full, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. We have, we have food on top of food on top of food. Bring over your mom and down. We're going to make some green beans, some macaroni and cheese. We're going to fry up some shit. We're going to have a good time. We're going to go to the Super Bowl in Miami, baby. Keep pounding. That's what we're going to do.
3: All right. Cameron artist Payne. Um, Cody, after the game, <laughs> the next day, I checked Twitter. And, you know, I saw Cam, a cap, a cap getting all, getting all the carries in the beginning. I saw him catching the ball, getting in space. Move in the pile a little bit. You know, I mean, the times he got swallowed up, there was no, it didn't look like he was missing holes. I would say he looked a hair slower than he has in the past, you know. But Cameron Artis Payne is always on this team, but never sees the field. He's exactly right. He is a preseason warrior, and I was surprised to see the next day, uh, Pat Coltrane, who is also a Panthers YouTuber, very popular, goes to check out his show and subscribe to him as well. Uh, Pat Coltrane... He said, man, I'm sorry, but Cap, uh, you know, I think we're going to be saying goodbye to you sooner. He said something to that effect. He likes Cameron Artis Payne. He likes Cap. But, you know, you had um, Holyfield uh, do some things in that game. You've got uh, Bonifan who looks like – Bonifan reminds me of of like – was it Jeremy Hill? Who was that dude that played for the Bengals and then went to – um the patriots I think it's something hill
4: yeah anyway, I, do, I do think Jeremy Hill.
3: right and then we didn't even see jordan scarlet then you continue to think about the fact that cameron artist payne has never played he barely even gets a helmet and then the conversation immediately opened that uh cameron artist payne could be a cap casualty somebody that's going to be get cut for these rookies I don't know why, man. I do not know why. I don't know why people actually dislike Cameron Artis Payne. I think it was very strange that people are like, yeah, it's time to move on. Time to move on. Like he's been a negative to our team. No, every opportunity gets out there. He pretty much performs well. He had a one fumble when he was a rookie and everybody's like still like saying something about that. I don't know, Cody. The only thing I continue to think of at this point is I thought before that he was in the doghouse because he slept with Ron Rivera's daughter. But now, yeah, since they that's won't... Theory.
4: That's a conspiracy theory.
3: Yeah, well, here it is. Next level, Cody.
4: Uh, uh-oh. Okay. Is
3: now that they can't get rid of Cameron Artist pain, they treated him like dog shit for so long, but then they keep him around. He's actually the baby daddy. <laughs> yeah,
4: uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it can't go nowhere. Uh, Yeah, he's got to pitch house. Now
3: you got to stay around. Now you have to stay. That's your punishment.
4: You have to stay. Uh, Listen, man, I mean. Trade him to
3: Buffalo, Josh from Mass, and Aldley later is saying.
4: Yeah, trade him to Buffalo. Um, Listen, man, I I don't know what else to say about Cameron at this point. Um, If I'm just being real, I I don't think he has a future with the Panthers or else he would have kind of had something uh, going by now. Um, I do think it's interesting. Um, okay, so Tony, let me ask you this real fast: Do you think there's a chance Elijah Holyfield uh, or Jordan Jordan Scarlett has been kind of hurt? But uh, Elijah Holyfield looked good, and uh, he's got a famous dad, and we all, you know, we all like to talk about uh, the real deal. And uh, I was a fan of Elijah in college, and I don't know at this point. I just don't know if Cameron Artis Payne offers uh, a lot more than a younger. Elijah Holyfield does so. I mean, may, maybe let him go somewhere else. I don't know if it saves money or not to have him on the football team, but I don't know. Cameron's right. not doing anything here. So I
3: kind of got into this conversation with some heavy hitters in Panther Twitter, right? Some people that you know follow the team very closely, and yeah, I've come to some disagreements with them on Cameron on his pain. And one of them lends to a comment that Jay dub said just a moment ago. He said that Cap isn't that great at uh, pass protection. And the team has historically been very concerned with putting running backs out there uh, that were rookies in the, in the past. They've also always, it's been those cases where they have to be in pass protection that seem to be problematic for rookie running backs. You know, it's not usually a problem of them seeing the hole and running as fast as they can and getting yards. It's when they don't have the ball in their hand, what do they do, and are they not a liability? And to point out that Cameron Artis Payne, I won't say missed the pass protection, but we faked the handoff to the right. The pressure came from the left, but he didn't see it coming. It was hard for him to see it. But still, it's you hope to get some hands on that guy coming. So here, a lot of the people were saying that they could see Cameron Artis paying gone. And I can understand that, hey, he hasn't done much for the staff. They, you know, It's a one-year deal. It's not like he's going to be here forever, that type of thing. But why would they put so much stock in a rookie if when you do get your number called, you're likely not going to just be a bell cow running back? You know what I'm saying? You need a guy that can come in when McCaffrey's not. And I'm not saying cut the other guys, but don't you think it's a little wild to think that we're going to go into this season with Christian McCaffrey and a rookie and that's it. I think that's a little wild of a thought and we don't have another veteran presence there. I think that Cameron Artis Payne, just him being knowledgeable of situations puts him ahead of the other guys, even if they're more talented at this moment in their careers.
4: Yeah. Um, and it's like I said, they're younger guys. They don't necessarily have as much wear and tear. Grant Cameron, on of Spain never played a whole lot anyway. So yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a lot of wear and tear. And, well he's, rested. and he's a veteran. People know him. Um, yeah, man. Listen, I'm not necessarily, uh, like I said, I wish him the best. I don't know if he's ever going to contribute anything meaningful to this. Sure. Thing.
3: But yeah, I, I just, do you feel I, comfortable though cutting him and going into the season with Christian McCaffrey, Alex Arma, um Holyfield and say Scarlett?
4: Yeah, I don't even There's know. A lot of running one. backs yeah, on the team too, know. by the way. I don't even know if we keep that many. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh McCaffrey, um maybe Holyfield, Arma. And and see maybe in that okay, see maybe in that scenario I can see them. Uh, you know, maybe deciding to hold on to him just because they know he's been around.
3: But other than that, man, like- he did kick returns in that preseason game. I just find it weird too that people shit on Cameron Artis-Payne, and not you're not doing that right now. But people kind of like throw these jabs at him, and I don't think they're warranted. Just because, like he said, he's a preseason hero. He's might to be he's the running back version of Damir Bird. Um, but not hurt all the time. But thanks for the call, man. Don't worry, your ridicule was only temporary. As you were spewing, uh, well, not spewing. As you were talking about Cam being distracted, cause we didn't overreacted. See you later. Thank you, Tyler.
1: What's up, guys? It's Nick, aka Seven Slot Crawlers, uh, checking in from Western Mass. Hey, Cody, you got your wish, man. Ryan Burns safety
5: the uh, QB.
1: Second quarter, 11:40 left. But my question would be, shouldn't that be rule to fumble? Because there was forward motion on his arm. So let me know what you guys think. Love the show. Listen every week. Talk to you guys soon. Keep on it. Yeah, think- there's
3: questions too about the other one where um what's his name jumped up and swatted it.
4: Yeah, uh, uh, listen, if it's a, if it's in the the middle of a game, yeah, I'm a little bit pissed off and I do kind of think that it should have gone the other way. Um and I, 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 I'm glad that the caller mentioned that because uh, not only did I get my wish with Brian Burns, but Brian Burns was able to get two sacks in under 10 snaps. And <laughs> under 10 snaps against their first team offense. Now, granted, the Bears aren't playing all of their starting offensive linemen, but that was their first team that they trotted out on the field. The guys that they're hoping to be the depth behind their starters, and and Brian Burns and Marquise Haynes were able to do what they did, absolutely fantastic, man. Um, and uh, and yeah, th- there's some new rule changes this year. Listen, officiating all year is going to be up and down, and just like every year in the NFL, it's going to drive you up a freaking wall. We're gonna get some plays in our favor. We're gonna not. Uh, we're gonna have some plays to go the other way. I don't know, man. As long as our players are minding their P's and Q's and doing their due diligence on the field, I'm not too worried about the refs. Uh, I think we're going to be good to go.
3: Let me tell you this. is The, Brian, the first sack by Burns is not going to happen in the NFL on a regular basis. And I think that was the spin move where they just were kind of standing there. The play had slowed down in development. Don't and, doubt
4: Spider-Man now. You never know. And then just, Burns might be the truth.
3: He just, but you know, what I mean, hey, you, you can't hate the guy for just doing That's the nasty one right there. That's the one where he made 49 look silly. That's the one that means to me what, how his speed can be deceptive. And uh, to a certain degree, What? why, boom. Awesome. awesome. It's
2: awesome. so dynamic.
4: Just, right. by, by the way, uh, listen, we might as well just start calling him Spider Man. Because, he, listen, he's already made it a thing that whenever he gets a sack in the NFL, he's doing a brand-new Spider-Man pose. I love it, man. We got Peter Parker on the offensive line. I'm good to go. We got nothing but superheroes on the football team.
3: Man, that's wonderful.
4: Sam, Captain America. Our team is just a bunch of heroes, man. I mean, what you going to do when you play the Panthers?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. The cat calls line. The number is 252 228 5098. Over 60 viewers uh, tonight's show. The cat, the chat room is popping. Make sure you smash that thumbs up button. Like if you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, or the best thing you can do is just take the link to the show or to the podcast, Wherever you hear us, see us. And come into contact with us and send it to one Panther friend. One Panther fan at a time. We're building a grand community here. You guys know what it's about. Thank you for your support. Let's keep going with these cat calls, the cat calls line.
1: Hey, Tony, I don't know if you know this or not, but last Wednesday after the podcast on WFNZ, the Maccat gave you a shout-out. thought that was pretty cool. All
3: right, bye. Yeah, thank you. Right, I know- yeah, I I, I shoot uh, Mac and email every now and then when I'm listening. and I think he liked one of the points that I was talking about. Maybe, um, what was it? Oh, it was. I think it had to do with that old D'Angelo Williams nonsense. Which, by the way, the D'Angelo Williams nonsense got worse and worse and worse. Like he went on the radio. I don't know if we got to talk about it. and We're not going to give it any time. But he continued to double and triple down and say some bizarre stuff. D'Angelo Williams, you suck. You suck. Uh Thanks for the call. The number is 252
7: 228
4: 5098.
3: Oh, we got a prank call. Wait,
4: what?
3: Let's see what it says. Let's see.
7: Hey, C3 is
3: no uh-huh.
4: black.
7: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> I think that's Cantonese. Whoa.
4: You're going to let
7: her say that about your mom? Talking? Hey, C3 oh, is no black. Um How you guys doing? Uh, glad to be back on. I know it's been a while. My no, man, no, man. <laughs> I had a lot of personal things going on. And, uh, I had to really catch up. But one thing I did do was watch that, uh, that first preseason game. And, uh, I got a couple takeaways from the game and I'm going to try to keep it under three minutes. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to start with Brian Burns is as advertised. And I think the kids play like, 12, 13 snaps, I ain't sure, but got two sacks. And yes, I, I like the fact that yes. he's playing smart football because when he ran into the running back trying to chip him off, he sent back because he, he could see that the pocket was collapsing and, yep. like, the B-gap was the only place for the quarterback he's, to come out sees of. He it different than and me. He's he's right. seen that and he came back around and, and, and to close that gap and the quarterback ran right into him. Um, Marquise Haynes, he had a pretty good night, two sacks as well. You know, um, but hands later, uh, a, a bunch of downs. I think when, when uh, in the four three, and I'm gonna get to that, and 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 he uh missed some assignments. And like I said, when it comes to the four three, um, those guys miss uh the assignments, like the the setting the edge on the run plays and stuff like that, versus how they handled it on the three four. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Elijah Holyfield. Um, the two stood out, you know. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne, you know, he made a couple plays. But Alex Armour, you know, showed that he probably had more value than Cameron Artis Payne. Um, I like how Holyfield, you know, even though after the fumble, he, he kept his head in the game. You know, he stayed in there. When it came to the offensive line, I think the offensive line play to back up was pretty decent. Um I saw some mental mistakes in the run blocking and the pass blocking um assignments. Basically you want to call it what it is. Uh blown blown assignments, you know, that led to guys getting in the backfield quicker than expected. Yeah. Um
3: Larson is the reason Will some Greer more took one on
7: quick the- little yeah. I Also yeah, um true. Yeah, I see the quarterback battle between Kyle Allen and Will Greer. Uh, both of them had to warm up, you know, and then they basically tightened it back up, you know, had some high balls and Will Greer got baptized by fire with that interception. Yo. And, you know, we coming up on three minutes, but I got a couple of more things and I'm going to call back and run through them real quick.
3: All right. Let's hear this before we go on to the next part of the call. Uh, You know what is uh, when you put it like that about the Brian Burns sack, maybe, you know, there's something to it more than it just being an opportunity where it was an opportunity play, but he saw saw it. The other thing that I'm interested in about that call, Cody, is let's talk about this, uh, the offensive line. Um, yeah. What do you think of uh, Greg Little's play?
4: So Greg Little started, in my opinion, very bad. Uh, He he was getting beat a lot to the outside. Um, And there were a few plays that I specifically remember died because of him. Uh, He just couldn't follow his his man to the outside. Uh, Later on, he did recover. Uh, I believe, I didn't grab the video, but uh, Billy Marshall on Twitter uploaded a clip of all of the snaps that Greg Little played And it kind of showed what I'm I'm thinking. Earlier in the beginning, he was kind of rusty. And then later on, he really got the hang of it. And he actually made some key blocks and picked up some blitzers and and did well. And by the way, that's fine. I'm not complaining about that either. Because me and Tony have said before, you know, offensive line, especially for the rooks, it's so hard to pick up. There's so many new things that Greg Little is trying to learn and understand. That he never had to do in at that Ole Miss offense, so it's the preseason. Uh, if Greg Little is going to get his ass whooped, I want it to be in preseason when it doesn't matter, and it's going to happen during the games too. But I do think he's living up to the promise. He just needs more polish.
3: Yeah, yeah. And what I what I liked about, and I think Billy Marshall described it as a mixed bag, and in, in a good yeah. way. And like in in that, hey, yeah, there's some plays where he doesn't look fantastic. There's some plays where he looks pretty good or okay. What I liked about it is his feet always looked yeah. like they were doing all right. And the problem the with, other, with some of our past tackles, man, is that their feet get going one way, their upper body gets going a different way, and they're just like falling down in different things. So even if he didn't see the guy he was supposed to pick up or switch off, you know, those are the things that I like to see is that his body, t- his, he looked like an athlete that was good enough of an athlete to play tackle in the long run. Now, for yeah. me, the scary thing was this, is Larson got just foolish, made a fool of in a couple of plays, where one, they said, the guy said, like, where's your base at? And it was the Bears guy or something talking about it. And I think, too, that that shows us how important it was for Paradis to be signed.
4: Yeah. Paradis is, is paradise is was imperative. If I should say so myself, shout out to Nick Montiero for dropping the, the $5 love bomb in the chat. Appreciate your brother. Um, Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios where center is really the most underrated and probably the most important of the offensive line positions because not only you know are they the 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 first line of defense in front of your quarterback, but it's also the job of your center to call protections and tell your quarterback, uh, you know what linebackers coming in or whatever. And you always see Ryan Kalil, uh when he was here pointing things out, and Cam Newton always talked about how Ryan Khalil always had his back in that regard. So signing Matt Paradis and having a good center right in the middle. Um, in, in my opinion, that might still be the best free agency move that we made this offseason, man. That's the most uh, important. It's literally the centerpiece of your offensive line. It's important. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at the point in where I'm just – I feel we have enough depth on our offensive line and our defensive line to, to the point where uh, when the preseason is over, we should have a good look. At what we have going into the opener on you know, on just about every level, because everyone's playing meaningful snaps.
3: Ten Tizzy's on fire in the chat room, saying he wants that twenty fifteen cam busting nuts, making babies, winning games, and he went That's on to happened. say, "This is because high school uh, second me said Larson got destroyed, and Ten goes he got blown up so bad." We picked up a center off the waiver right after. <laughs> the- <laughs> it was yeah, and the thing that we were like, we played like eight games with, or you know, we've played with Larson for stretches in the past. Now,
4: yeah, and and he was another guy that was good for a little while in 2017, and then he's toward, a role it, player. Yeah, just a role player. He's not anything special, and that's why I'm I'm genuinely hoping that he's not uh a starter. I don't want him at guard or I know he's not going to be a center because that's what Matt Paris is going to be. But I, yeah, I don't want Larson starting anywhere It's either going to be Van Roden or Daryl Williams or maybe even Greg little, but that's a whole nother discussion.
3: Now, one of the things though about um, Nova's call is he did bring up this is let's talk about momentarily this, this backup quarterback situation. Cody, last week we talked about, uh, and I and I think it was on our show. I don't know if it was on the radio when I was discussing, but, you know, who's the the backup quarterback option for this team? And I kept thinking, kept saying I would like for it to be Will Greer because then that shows Cam, developing guy. Let's hope that this doesn't go to the point where we need Will Greer. But, you know, some of the re- local radio stations are out there talking about this, is that they thought that the quarterback play was questionable enough uh, to warrant uh, the, the question or to to beg the question. If these guys don't progress in the next couple of weeks fast enough, should be getting a veteran guy uh, who's got experience in the NFL, uh, should that be on your radar? How do you feel after that? I didn't think it was that putrid looking from the quarterbacks. But you know, Will Greer looked like a rookie. It was his first game. When do we when do we start worrying? Is this a worry? What's the, the is the answer on the roster?
4: I'm not really worried at all. Um I I think uh, these things take time. Uh I think Kyle people don't know this about Kyle Allen. One point in time, Kyle Allen was the number one high school quarterback in all of America in 2014. Like Kyle Allen was the shit. And then he went to Texas A&M and a bunch of different things happened and he never ended up uh, really starting anywhere. Now, I don't know necessarily what happened with him, but the guy has the talent. He has the ability to do it. Um, And I think Will Greer does too. Listen, I scouted almost every quarterback available in this last draft and Will Greer to me was one of the better quarterbacks in the draft. So I'm not, you know – I think we're in a good position. I don't think there's anything that we need to react off of. I don't know about you, Tony Dunn, but I damn sure don't want to spend more money than we have to on a player that's not going to see the football field. We have young talent. It's incumbent upon our coaches to now develop that young talent into the kind of players that can step in if Cam Newton's not available.
3: I think we got enough talent. Yeah, and and that is is that really honestly, who is a guy that would deliver much more than these two fellas?
5: Cue so the
3: Colin, yeah, Colin, Cue the Colin Kaepernick stuff. But but at the same time, for me, man, it's just this: is this is Cam Newton's team? If we're if we're talking anything more than one game, some snaps, you know, some other guys on the team are going to have to come through and really help that young quarterback. I think I'm with you. I, I feel okay here. And i feel okay, too, if we had to make a hard cut, and it was still Will Greer that was just the backup quarterback, and we were like, you know, it's going to hurt if he goes in, but we'll have to get through it. Now, let's go on to part two of Nova Black's call.
7: Okay, guys, it's Nova Black again. I'm about to speed through the rest of my takeaways from this first uh, season game. It's been great so All far. I right. can't wait. The 3-4 pass rush, deep, deep, the 3-4 defense, that pass rush is nasty. But <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Backers, they struggle with the run fit. You know, and I've seen that as far as um the gaps and stuff like that between the tackles, and, and a couple of plays broke loose on us. The 4-3 pass rush is pretty good. It's looking good. They collapse in the pocket. It makes blitzing easy for the linebackers and nickel corners floating around in the box with the defensive end. Like I said with Marquise and Haines, they, had, they struggled setting the edge on the run plays. And the wide receivers look pretty good. And the guys, you know what saying, on point return look pretty good. Um, the secondary was solid. I think uh, we're still going to need to find that help at nickel corner. Rashawn Dalton, you know, he made a couple plays, made a statement out there. You see him with the peanut punch and all of that, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that and what well, was almost a sack, I think overall, uh, the performance in the preseason was better than what I expected, better than what I've seen in a long time. And yeah. we can't forget the rookie kicker kicking the 55-yarder, man. Come on, for a rookie? Yeah, that's the first big-time kick in the NFL? Yeah, man, that's pretty dope. Anyway, that's all I wanted to uh, drop on you guys with my few takeaways from this dog going on first preseason game. I hope to see things get better and the first team in the next preseason game with Buffalo.
4: Keep pounding. Wow. Nova Black. How do you not love Nova Black man? Nova Black, he comes in and brings the energy every single time. And my man brought the Brian Burns pick uh live from the stadium during the draft party that we did. Shout out to big homie Nova Black, man. Listen, I echo everything my brother just said. Uh man, listen, I'm pumped. Nova, I I I share that exact same sentiment on this football team, man. I am so pumped about this defense, about the young talent on the football team. Man, Nova knows what he's talking about, baby.
3: That that he brought the fire tonight. He, he always does. he, he always. does. And you know, you're right though, is the point that he's making here remarkably insightful to, to the end, even with the kicker, you know, way to go out there and show him what's up in your first ever opportunity. Getting, kicking with a little bit more confidence after starting and having a rough day. His first day in training camp has just gotten better since then, Ron Rivera said. To me, one of the interesting things about the call, Cody, was he mentioned he said the wide receivers look pretty good and then moved on quickly. And I'll tell you why, because we didn't play anybody. Yeah, We didn't we did. play any of the wide receivers who were going to be playing on Sundays this season. Totally. I didn't even know. At one point in watching this team on offense – I was wondering if they stopped on the way to Chicago and just picked up dudes. I have okay. not heard Minkins' name the entire training camp. M- who? Minkins. I've never,
4: I've never heard the name ever. What are you talking about? Minkins
3: played like a ton of snaps at wide receiver. He was the one. He um he was fielding punts. Yeah. What, Some what guy named name? Minkins. I've never heard of him. I don't know.
5: And he's I mean, on the this,
3: Yeah. There's Aldrick okay. Robinson was out there yeah. making was getting some plays. You saw Terry Godwin. Yeah, Terry Godwin. I challenge. I think Godwin looked amazing on the punt yeah. on the on the punt returns. He yeah, was just so fast. I, I think he
4: did, which was kind of weird because it didn't run very fast at the combine. But some guys are just quicker than they are fast. It, if that makes sense, it doesn't. But it's it's a saying that they, that's a scouting jargon kind of. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were impressed with that boy Terry Godwin uh Cam has been practicing with them, too, uh, before the preseason. T- uh, he was a part of the team that went out to California to train with Cam. So, uh, yeah, I think that Terry uh, – uh, I would put him over Aldrich Robinson to make the football team right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, but – I mean, I'm talking – nobody's guys that I, I you and even on defense they were throwing in dudes who I had never even heard of at times that's, that's and so I feel cool. like we watch it a little too close you know what I'm saying like if we're gonna be excited about one of these Cinderella stories you would think we would be the one that noticed it but I'm telling you there's guys on this team who are just fluff yeah no and listen
4: that that's Right now, the NFL is in the phase where everyone's trying to make a football team. It doesn't even matter what football team they're on. They're just hoping they get picked up somewhere. I mean, even if you're on the practice squad, you're making like $400,000 a year. I mean, just I on don't the know
3: practice that squad. much. But yeah, it's a good amount. And you're right. It's, it's, change. it's like $4,000 a week. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, might, yeah. yeah
4: it's, it's, it's a good one. And, and you get a chance to prove yourself next year and you might be called up and you'd be able to play is crazier things have happened. So,
3: well, yeah. I, yeah, is that 10 Tizzy says, I thought it was great to see all the twos and threes or maybe even threes and fours. But I think yep. that's so great because we didn't even, um, we didn't play any really no. hardly any of the starters. And that's, that's exciting to me and we were
4: to know. throughout. I mean, other than one touchdown drive, our defense, uh, you know, first, I mean, from the first quarter to the fourth, uh, even our backups did a pretty damn good job of cycling their offense.
3: All right, I think we got one more cat call, um, and then we got a little bit more show to go.
1: Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Hey I've been a while. Man. man, this is The, Chief of the man, Myth.
5: what's
1: up, Professor? What's up, the freaking Puerto Rican? How y'all doing? Been a minute. Hey, I'm gonna keep this short and simple, man. I know y'all seen, you know, last week's, um, you know, little 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 game they had or whatever, you know, the, the um, Panthers versus the Bears. And to yeah. me, I'm excited.
3: Yeah, you can barely call it a game. It's do. like exhibition. I got two
1: words, man. Brian Burns. Brian Burns. It. Brian Burns.
3: People are excited. That
1: damn boy showed me Brian. something. I know it was this preseason and everything like that, but still, that dude looked nice as hell.
3: Cody told y'all.
1: And, Thanks you know. The damn safety man, Ghost and whatever man, you know what I'm saying, hey, that dude came through and you know after a ton of criticism incomplete too. Incomplete pass, I don't give a damn what nobody says, man. That was a damn fumble. That's what I thought. I don't give a damn, they cheated, they cheated my man out of that shit, man. But that boy showing some that on, showing some heart, man. Because y'all looked online, because now we got you know Trey Boston that came back, Tar Heels. You know what I'm saying he, he, he didn't he didn't came back, man. And you know, hey. Now he's going to put a little fire up underneath his daggone ass, man. I really, really think 3-4 defense, and they going to switch it up a little bit. I really, really do believe him being the top 10, the best D in the NFL. I really, 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 really see that shit happening. And Brian Barnes is going to him and Marquise Haynes. Forget about him. Pfft, the boy's about to cause some daggone serious daggone commotion <laughs> in the South. Y'all give me your uh, takes on that, and always remember, man, keep pounding.
3: Man, gee, we are excited alongside with you is that I have been trying to hold back my excitement on Brian Burns, not because of disbelief, but just because you don't want to overdo your expectations, but we're managing our expectations. We are not managing our excitement. Boy, it's awesome. Cody, you've been on the Brian Burns train from day one, from moment one, before it was even a locomotive that had any gasoline in the engine. Brian Burns, man. Brian Burns, the call line has just been going on and on and on about it.
4: Can't you feel the excitement, man? I mean, listen, everyone everyone in the calls and in the chat room, man, they're loving the 3-4 defense. They're loving some Brian Burns. And, yeah, man, listen, I, I, I'm i proud that I got to show you all, all the C3 Panther faithful, some Brian Burns before the Panthers drafted him. So that way you got to be a little bit excited beforehand. I love scouting players. Brian Burns is special, man. That type of agility from the defensive line position while being able to do both. I mean, God, the the dude, the man has so much potential to be an incredible player. And you're you're already starting to see flashes of it. Man, it's it's an exciting time to be a Panther fan, Tony Don. There's a lot to be excited about. It it feels like we're going to have a special season.
3: Um I did I I I think he raises a point with Rashawn Golden in the heart. You know, you like to see this is the we've done a lot of dumping on Rashawn Golden. Uh and this podcast has seen you know, people question if he's gonna work out. With the Panthers made a, a move to go and pad that secondary a little bit more, understanding that it just wasn't ready to put all your eggs in the golden basket. But he does bring a point is Golden's not quitting right now. He's going out there if if you know, that's maybe what you need in a backup player. I mean, we ideally, we didn't want him to be a backup, but if he is, you don't want him to have thin skin and quit.
4: Yeah, and and like I said, uh, we might not have a, a world beater at every single position, but I, I don't know about you, Tony. I, I feel better about our depth at most positions uh, than I have in a long time. Like, I feel like we're we're deep in a lot of areas that matter, and areas that we haven't been deep at in the past.
3: Well, so, yeah, it's a wide receiver's electric at this point and defensive yeah. end, it's just like is is we have a, a spoils of riches at this point. It feels like right. a def- we went from a defensive that Joe described as slow last year to one where we got so many playmakers, it's crazy. And you know what? I'd rather have those playmakers on the defensive line than I would in the secondary. So I am loving the idea of us getting 60 sacks this season. Hell that yeah. speaks to me. That's what I want to hear. That's going to cause turnovers. That's what happened in 2015 when we went to the Super Bowl. Those are the types of things you can do that help your offense get good field position, yes. put them in places to win, and really terrorize quarterbacks. Because that's the problem. Our quarterback, the quarterbacks against us last year, they didn't even have to be that good. They just stood and waited until somebody got open.
4: Yeah, and you know, you even mentioned you know uh, you would prefer to have a a better pass rush in the backfield, but I even feel like, and I said this earlier, our our defensive backfield is in a great position because they're going to be able to make plays on the football because our defensive line is able to get home on a routine basis. So now you have players like Dante Jackson with that kind of uh, uh, dynamic. Uh, playmaking ability to be able to make plays on the football. Trey Boston, that's another, I mean, uh, Trey Boston at free safety. Eric Reed, that's another linebacker on the
5: field.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I just don't think the depth in the secondary, you know, it's rounded. I think you're right. We got the most right. well-rounded secondary we've arguably ever had at this point if if guys continue to play like they have in the past.
4: And I like Cockrell. And I like, um, th- th- there's a few other people on this team that, uh, Rashawn Golden, he might not be the best, but, yeah, serviceable depth.
3: At this point, I'm I'm confident in saying this. This is the most talented roster that I've felt we've had at this point. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be the best team. I don't know because some of it, a lot of it, is how the ball bounces. Are you able to persevere? Do you come together in gel as a team? You know, there's things, it's, it's not just talent, but we really have some talent that we are not accustomed to. Now, let's continue on. Thanks for listening to C3 Panthers podcast. Be sure to subscribe, smash the thumbs up button, support, follow on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Call into the cat calls line anytime throughout the week. The number is 252 228 5098. A couple of outside stories in the news, starting with some big free, uh, some big names out there, problems. And, uh, how about the, Texans may be shopping Jadavian Clowney to trade him because of the fear. They have had to watch Matt Khalil and um he still sucks. Terrible. And they even, it's almost like they're saying bless his heart out there in Houston. They're like, not for not trying. Like he's trying his hardest, and he's awful. He's getting roasted. They're wanting to trade potentially for him. Which brings us to another story in the NFL. Trent Williams will never play for the uh, Washington Redskins again. He's announced it. He's called, uh, questioned the the ethics of their of their medical staff and some different things like this. Cody, you hear the news of Clowney and Trent Williams? What do you hear? What do you think about these stories?
4: So uh, a lot of you know that I was uh, doing some work for drafttech.com. I still am as the Panthers analyst. Uh, I also picked up the Houston Texans, because why not? So I'm also the analyst for the Houston Texans. So I've been following uh, this a little bit closer as well. And they don't have a left tackle. They flat out don't have a left tackle. Um, by the way, let me just clarify. I'm a Panthers fan. I just picked up the Texans because it's more money. I'm going to keep until I die. But
3: uh, You're scouting. But- what is nothing wrong with scouting. Yeah.
4: But but with that said, uh, they have a very, very bad situation at left tackle. And Deshaun Watson was the most hit quarterback in the NFL last season. Um, So, I mean, a a lot of people were kind of floating around. Jadavia and Clowney to Carolina. I saw one story that said – We don't need
3: it anymore. That would have made sense four months ago. And some people were saying send
4: Darryl Williams over to Houston – and you know let that and then bring jadevion over here but then you have to pay him a whole bunch of money well
3: you got to pay the franchise tag at the very minimum
4: yeah well it's a non-exclusive franchise tag so someone has to make him an offer so we have to offer him more money than they're willing to pay him before it can come over to us
3: right okay but they can't you trade or just straight up trade them and, well, and then you like you would trade him on the tag. Well, yeah, but
4: the problem is he wouldn't play for us because he's not going to play for Houston until he gets a, a deal. So unless we have a deal in store for him, he's not going to play for us either. He's not gonna I don't
3: know why the podcast wants to quit on it tonight. He's trying to force us off. All right. So then there's Trent Williams. Yeah. Now, this is the one I would not touch with a 10-foot pole right now. Why is that? He wants a ton of money. Now, I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, if he's calling in the question how they've handled his injuries in the past, are we talking about injuries that are issues right now? Are they injuries that were just past injuries? I know they said one was like a growth on his head, and I guess it was like cancerous or something. And you know, they they were like, oh, it's nothing, and he had like Lyme disease or something probably.
4: It's a weird one. They're saying Trent Williams refuses to play for Washington if they have any of the the medical staff on that they had last season going into this year. I mean, that's a different kind of fu to a football team. You don't hear that very often uh, that uh, someone's pissed off with the training staff. Wow. Um, I don't know, man. The Redskins are a terrible organization. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. They
4: really are. Their owner's terrible too, but yeah, I wouldn't touch uh clown or Trent Williams, and I think that's a testament to what Marty Herney has done to this roster.
3: Waited to too long. Them. These these teams waited too long to to trade, and other teams have made plans at this point. You start offering these guys up for peanuts a couple of months ago, we would have been takers. Now the question is, is that if Trent Williams says he's not going to come and play, at, he's not going to play for them a single down, and we get get him for a fourth round pick? Hmm.
4: Hmm. I mean, for a fourth hmm. round pick, I don't know. Even I if don't, it's
3: a one year rental, dude.
4: Yeah. Like that's I, it.
3: It's just a one year thing.
4: Burn man, it. You, don't, you don't have to convince me to protect Cam Newton. Okay. That's a promise. I don't care. I mean, if, if you're bringing in a good player, uh, I'm here for it. I just don't think. I worry
3: about both of these guys are injury prone. And maybe that's an outsider, but I always hear about them playing through injury, being nicked up. It's not – they didn't perform. So um, I just don't know if it's the best fit for us right now. Other story, Antonio Brown uh, distracting with his helmet because of his his frozen cryogenically busted feet. He's having crazy meltdowns at this point. I'm trying to think of – are there any other outside stories that were – oh, anything to Graham Gano's leg soreness? Yeah, um, so I kind of think so.
4: Um, and Nova Black even mentioned uh, – I think it was Nova – uh that we have a kicker on the team that hit a 55 yard field goal
3: and his name Uh, is like sly or something like that uh
4: and a lot of people are kind of high on him and uh, there's still not a lot of love and i feel like you're one of these people tony dunn and i don't blame you man uh there's a lot of people that don't have a lot of love for graham Gano because of uh some missed field goals in his time and hey i understand um but i don't know i'm of the mindset that um you know, we have a guy right now that I, I, I don't know, I would feel very uncomfortable getting rid of Graham Gano, who we know is at least serviceable, and will make some kicks the, the that, that we have to have rather than a guy that's kind of new, doesn't have a ton of film. You know, it's it's a it's a gamble.
3: Well, we got to see what he does. If he goes through the preseason, he's just lights out. You've got to look back at that those moments that you said, yeah. "Hey, we let Butker go, and we got and look what that did for us." Number two is that Graham Gano is expensive, but if you cut him, you don't save any money this year. You won't get any savings till next year, and it's very and it's not a yeah. ton. No number more. number three is I think here's my idea is that Ron Rivera's really figured out. This you with Graham Gano. Graham Gano stinks when there is zero pressure in preseason and all of this when he feels comfortable. Now he does stink under pressure too because he misses a ton of kicks there. But maybe this is way of Ron Rivera's uh, just keeping uh, Graham Gano uh, motivated and on, on his toes and working as hard as he can. And then uh, there was one other question in the chat room. They said, "What do you think about the Nike?" This is John Kidco Barrera. What do you think about the Nike uniforms? The players love these uniforms. The Panthers have been playing with like some old school sweaters, it's it turns out. Ones that are like this, where they've got these big sewn on, they're heavy. You know what I'm saying? Now they've gone to the Nike, they're thinner material. And they are also crazy weird because did you see Curtis Samuel and they grabbed him by his shirt when he was on the kickoff return or something like that? And it like was like nine feet long. They were able.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, So I did notice, and I remember when I was watching the game, I I thought to myself, "Man, the the uniforms do look a little bit different." I just couldn't put a finger on it. Like there was something new about them, but the players love them. Um, Yeah, man. Listen, I'm I'm into it. Uh, I kind of think that with David Tepper, um, I don't know how extreme it'll be, but. I think it's within the realm of possibility that the Panthers probably get some new uniforms um, within the next few years. Not that there's anything wrong with the ones that we have now. Uh, We have a bunch of different cool combinations, too, that I love. The all-black that we wore uh, last year against New Orleans and Detroit, that's the best uniform. I don't
3: want to bring it back until we get the black helmet. I don't want to see it again. It's cursed. First of all, we don't ever no, win it. it. Is, man. That's all it's cursed. Poppy. We need it's the cursed. black helmet. The black helmet will undo the bad juju on that. I agree with that.
4: I do want a black helmet, but dude, those black outfits are cold as hell, man.
3: I yeah, they're them. awesome, but they'd be awesome if they didn't come with a loss and they had a black helmet with it. We're right, uh, Okay, tons of stuff to talk about. So much more to go, uh, but that's all I think we're going to do for tonight. We're going to have to jump out of here, but we're going to get um, some ice up picks in thanks so much for the support in the YouTube chat room you guys have been fantastic um, in in this show over the last six years you guys are just rocking and rolling each and every week we appreciate your support thank you for all the donations tonight it really helps us to continue to to bring you the to pay basically pay for the website dues every year and then third uh, you guys are the bomb so Cody um, who you want out here actually I got something for you it's very small. Okay. There's your ice up. There's your ice cubes. <laughs> what do you got for me on an ice up pit?
4: Uh So before I do this, let me just say, almost every Tuesday, I'm like struggling to to <laughs> to pick my ice up because there's so many things that I want to ice up that just frankly aren't suitable for a football podcast. You and I have pushed the boundaries before, but. I get slammed on Twitter whenever I bring up other shit. Um, So there's a lot of people in the world uh, that deserve the ice up. But uh, right now, I'm going to keep it uh, football-related. And uh, dude, Jimbo Fisher just needs to shut his mouth. Jimbo Fisher just needs to shut his mouth. Jimbo Fisher was the head coach at Florida State University, then went on to Texas A&M. And listen... Dabo Swinney has been destroying everything Jimbo Fisher does for the past few years. But then he had the gall to say that having coached in both the ACC and the SEC, I can say that the SEC is, is a definitely a much tougher schedule. In regards to Clemson, I can say that they were honestly the fourth or fifth toughest team that we faced all season, Jimbo. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? We won the national championship and then went on the road and beat Texas A&M in their own home, and we're the fourth or fifth toughest team you played. Dude, that is just a salty attitude. It's a loser mindset. It, he's going to get destroyed every year by Alabama. To Jimbo Fisher, ice up, son.
3: Ice up. Uh, my ice up pick, I got a pre-ice up pick. Like you said, it's so hard to pick them all They're the really- time. And uh, you're talking about in the sports world, too, and there's plenty to ice up there. My initial ice up pick or my pre-ice up pick just continues to go with the people who say Andrew Luck is this greatest thing since sliced bread oh. and better than Cam Newton and rich uh kingston i'm interested in what you also this is shout out to rich kingston in england i need you to also dm me your mailing address and um and your t-shirt size those two things but the the, you know he was talking about what andrew benoy you got you got a a little salty with them will brinson was talking cody came after you came back I liked your response though. I like. I thought your response is that you know it was a little aggressive. Yeah. It may have been a little rude. It was, but uh, it was true.
4: Yeah, but it was true.
3: But was this true. whole crap about the luck thing if somebody I saw today again was like, if you can't see that Andrew Luck's a better passer than Cam Newton, then I can't help you. And first, I was like, well, for, you're putting quote you put passer in quotations every time. These caveats, caveat this, caveat that. But I don't even care. Take the caveat. Leave the caveat. Is this is he, uh, at the end of the day? Cam had a better career, so I don't care what you say. He's had a tr- head and shoulders above these guys in just the accomplishments of his career. So whatever. It ta- so yeah, I don't see what you're saying. And no, you can't explain it to me. I'm so sick of luck stuff. And it turns out, look, he might be hurt again. Um, where he is, he isn't playing. But my real ice up pick has to go to the NFL. And the NFL, the ice up pick goes because this Eric Reed already being drug tested three times randomly. Is is this this is a vindictive vendetta. Unless Eric Reed is manufacturing this, unless he is lying, right? And that these really in, in the frequency of these tests isn't true, it's clear this is not random. It's regular. And to me that that's that storyline, they're smart enough to know this is that if he does get popped for the littlest thing is the storyline that they over tested him won't have enough, won't last long as long as the storyline with the anti Reed people will about him being a fake, a fraud or something like that. So to the NFL, like at this point, just take your lumps, guys. Let's move on and maybe not move on. uh, I'm not telling Eric Reed to move on. What I'm saying is, is that look, continue if I is, is, is gosh, at some point, man, don't be a dick.
4: Yeah, yeah. at that's some it. point, at some point, don't don't be. That's that's hard for some people because some people, believe it or not, are just dicks.
3: D- yeah, it Our turns d- out the NFL drug testing one is one of them. All right, uh, that's the C3 podcast brought but, to you by uh, Carolina. Uh,
4: let me interrupt you real, real quick, because there's something that I feel that deserves to be in the show that we forgot to put up. This could be a double ice-up pick. Oh, yes.
3: Thank you. Hold that up. was the third one. Please, oh, please.
4: Up. Bro, all oh Devin Funches is out here struggling, yo. The struggle is real.
3: Look at this poor fella. He caught the ball, and the man took it out of his hands. Yeah, Rock was standing. Colts drafted
4: him in the second
3: round. Dude, he, Sto- st- he stole the ball from him. Like, uh, I snatched something from my kids.
4: And hey, listen, man, it's a good thing, um, you know, uh, Devin Funches didn't go the Coven Benjamin route and want to uh, shit talk and put blame on the quarterback that was throwing him the football. Uh, but, hey, good luck to Andrew Luck, because uh, now that's your wide receiver. Um you know uh maybe ice up yeah, <laughs> yeah. i yeah.
3: up, Devin Funchess. all ice right thank you for bringing that we needed that on the show and bro your salad game is your lettuce hands that's what rich text me said he got lettuce hands Look yeah. at
5: that. <laughs> yeah. you don't got
3: no strong man hamburger hands <clears throat> All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by carolinacatchronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. We're really rocking and rolling, and we haven't even played a real game of football yet. Like G said, whatever that game was, we still love it. We still talking about it. I don't know what that shit means, but it sounds good. Right, Uh, Cody? Where can they find you on Twitter till Tuesday?
4: You can find me at Cody CodyLac, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Come for the football, stay for all the other dumb bullshit that I post. If you really want to go in deep with me, Twitter is the place to do it. Uh, and yeah, man, that's it.
3: At cat underscore chronicles on Twitter, Carolina Cat Chronicles on Facebook. Um, and I think that's it, man. Hit us up at Gmail, Carolina Cat Chronicles at Gmail dot com. Uh, plenty of stuff coming up down the pipe. And be sure to be- check us out next Tuesday. Keep pounding.
6: Keep pounding, y'all.